Hello and welcome back to Tradey Business School, the podcast where we have real conversations and we share insights and tips that will help you run your trades or contracting business more enjoyably, simply and profitably. I'm here to talk about why you should care about your gut health today with the amazing Justin McGuire. I'll introduce him in a moment, but how are you today, Justin? I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Miranda. I really appreciate the opportunity. You're most, most welcome. So Justin McGuire is from Autonomic Coaching. He's an integrative medicine specialist. There we go. I got all of those words out without tripping over them. <laughs> integrative medicine specialist. And I will say that I've actually personally been working with Justin for quite some time. And he is a bit of a, a magician at health. I can testify to all of his, uh, his amazing work that he is doing personally. Not really about me today, though. This topic really excites me, and I've heard a lot of people talking about gut health. It is part of Trades Health Month, so this series of podcast episodes that we're doing that are part of Trades Health Month, we are addressing all sorts of pillars of health, and gut health has such a big impact on our energy. It has such a big impact on overall our well-being. So, Justin, what is gut health? Gut health, in my opinion, is the way in which our bodies are able to create a bioresonance with the environment to which we live within. And I'll explain what I mean by this. If you think about the first point of entry of anything that we get from the environment, uh, and just to prove the point, the environment is full of chemicals, biochemicals. So the biggest drug that we consume on a daily basis is the food that we eat. And how our bodies are able to use that drug will actually determine the outcome of whether we perform or if we have the inability to do so. Now, what's very interesting about our own cells, if we think about the mitochondria, the mitochondria came into effect of creating a synergy with our own cells um, quite a number of years ago, about a few hundred thousand years ago. And in doing so, they created a shift of our energy or energetic efficiency. Now, the reason why I'm bringing up the mitochondria, the mitochondria can be thought of as a bacteria, bacteria that created a synergy and harmony and fusion with other cells to create a symbiosis of life to be able to exist. Now, we have so much bacteria in our body, so much so that there is actually three times more bacterial cells than that of human cells. So that's right. We're actually walking petri dishes, if you think about it. The difference is <laughs> that human cells are much smaller than bacterial cells. Um, so hence the reason why we can harbor them within our guts. Now, bacteria perform a huge part in our biochemistry. In particular, they help us to be able to use amino acids to produce neurotransmitters. They also play a huge role in how we can biologically simplify, convert, and utilize nutrients, all host of factors from the production of hormones to the detoxifications of toxins that we are exposed to. Now, in today's day and age, we are continually exposed to not only toxins that we can smell, see, or hear, but toxins that we can't have an understanding or sensual understanding and awareness of. What I'm talking about here are exposures to artificial stimulus like computer screens, phones, electric um, interference to our own cellular makeup. Now, anybody working in the financial industry, anybody working as an entrepreneur will know what is needed 
what is required in order for success to come into full effect. Now, with that requirement, excessive hours behind a computer screen can often be noted. And this has an impact on our gut if we aren't able to understand how to support our guts, leaving us in a position not only feeling bloated and, and lethargic, but not being able to focus, not being able to see the critical success factors or the opportunities that otherwise, if we were able to, can create a whole course directive change in our application of business and our efforts of business. So in essence, if you want to improve your ROI on all the efforts that you're putting to growing your business or to improve the outcome of how you're able to financially create success, it is vitally important to be switched on, not switched off, but switched on in a manner that's not stressful, but rather productive. And gut health is the core in order to be able to enable that in any human being's performance. Wow. So many places I could go with all that. Thank you. So mitochondria are like bacteria and we're all like human Petri dishes. There's a whole lot of them in there. And I love what you shared about food being like a drug. I've not really considered it like that before, is that we consume it all of the time. And often people think, well, I'm eating all this stuff, all this food, and I'm eating good food. And so surely I should be healthy, right? Yet, if our body can't absorb it and then use it, it's kind of like putting the wrong petrol in the wrong machine. And, you know, you're going to stall and stutter and, and not function properly. So, you know, it's, it's gut, gut health is such, a, such an interesting thing. And so for everyone listening today, this applies to you. Uh, you don't even have to be a business owner for this apply to you. If you're a human being, if you've got a heartbeat, then this episode is is for you. So should we, why should we care about it though? Like if everyone's sort of listening to this and they're feeling kind of okay, um, you know, well, I don't really feel like I'm tired all the time, all those sorts of things. Does this really matter? What, what are the health benefits of a healthy gut? Improved hormonal balance, improved mental facilities, abilities, balance of emotional valence, Improved ability to be able to perform in the activities that you so love, to have energy, to be able to spend with your family, to be able to have the understanding of reciprocity in any relationship. When our guts are in a state of chaos or even simply not functioning just through a very base norm, our ability to be able to be present in life through hormonal balance, neurochemical balance, and the emotions that come about from those two aspects becomes distorted. Mm. And we find ourselves living in a state of worry, fear, anticipation. And in specific cases, we even find ourselves become somewhat pessimistic and critics to our own lives without providing any resolution to the critique of which we're actually creating in our own judgments. Gut health centers us. Healthy gut health centers us and allows us to be more present of what we are experiencing in this incarnation during this lifetime. I love it. Just, just before we go on, because we've got some pretty cool concepts to go through today, I just want to, in a couple of sentences, touch on the hormonal imbalance. And this is not an episode on hormones. However, 
I've got a general feeling out there that people think that hormones are just those crazy things that make women go crazy at that particular time of the month and those sorts of things. However, there is so much more to hormones, isn't there? Just sort of in a couple of sentences, I mean, what, what sorts of things do hormones control in our bodies? Oh. I know. When it comes to... <laughs> <laughs> When it comes to performance, first we have to realize that there aren't just sex hormones, there are metabolic hormones too. Um, and we really need to differentiate and the effect that either class has. And even and in that whole uh, situation, we have both effects of animalism and cannibalism that can take effect. In other words, how the body breaks down and produces energy and how the body recovers from that breakdown of energy. Now, hormones um, can have an impact not only on our libido, which is always helpful, you know, in, 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 in any adult human being, but that can have a dramatic impact on our emotions. And how they do so is by directly impacting what goes on in our neurochemistry. As one example, in women in particular, and I really, most of my patients that I help are, are female, 85% of them actually. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity because women have far more complex uh, endocrinological systems than, than men. Uh, there are so many fine tweaks and tunes required in order for a woman to be able to optimally be able to receive stress and utilize that stress for positive outcomes in whatever she wishes to do, whether it be being a mom, whether it be being a business owner. You know, women really have a lot more responsibility if you think about it and, and how nature has created that. They have to bore, bear, bear children, give birth to children, and no matter how much anybody can contend against this, for the most part, I feel like a mother's connection with her children will always be that much closer than that of a dad, for the most part. Now, with that comes a lot of responsibility, and the responsibility can weigh weight on stress. So when our hormones, for example, aren't working well in the case of a woman going through a period of, say, perimenopause or early onset of perimenopause, you know, one of the contributing factors to this could be dysregulation in the immune system, such as an infection of H. pylori. Now, what H. pylori does, it throws off the production of thyroid hormones. Now, what people don't realize is that thyroid hormone this doesn't, doesn't just allow you to burn fat, doesn't just allow for good circulation to occur so that your toes and your fingers aren't cold. But what thyroid hormone also does, it also allows for the optimal production of dopamine. Now, when we don't have effective dopamine, we become highly impulsive. Addictive behaviors can start to come up. In other words, eating excessive quantities of sugar. And part of the demographic that I also help are those who have had some history of addiction. Now, a lot of the women that I help have been you know, clean from whatever addiction that they had, whether it be drugs or alcohol. And they get to the point where they're in the perimenopause phase and they start to relapse. And guilt sets in. But the reality is that guilt need not have ever been something that they needed to contend with if they realized, or their doctors had realized, that the reason as to why they were actually tending to veering towards past habits was because of an imbalance. This is the reason why we eat excessive amounts of sugar. This is the reason why we drink excessive amounts of coffee. This is the reason why some of us smoke, others do cocaine. It's all not because we inherently want to destroy ourselves, at least I don't believe so, it's because we have a deficiency 
of biochemicals and reactions and messages within our bodies that our bodies and our minds are trying to create a shortfall of, causing us to veer towards self-destructive outcomes. So with an imbalance of hormones, in essence, you lose control of how you're able to live your life and how you're able to see yourself in life. I love it. I love, I love your couple of sentences, Justin. I always know. And asking you to talk about hormones in a couple of sentences, for those of you listening, I was being a, a little bit cruel to Justin. He could probably speak for a week on or more on hormones. So I definitely know. He does some amazing work. And uh, I know Justin just spoke a lot about uh, women and hormones. That is so, so relevant for all of you men out there listening. This is just as relevant. You have metabolisms, you have neurological function, you have hormones. So uh, the gut health definitely contributes to a lot of those functions. Now, owning a business can be very stressful, can be very busy, and gut health definitely will impact on those things. So we'll touch on a couple of signs. You might be wondering, well, how would I know if I had bad gut health? We're going to talk through after that. There's four concepts that Justin's going to share with us briefly. But Justin, how would someone know if they had poor gut health? What would be some of the symptoms they might notice? A very big one. A big one that most people neglect to actually take into consideration as being a symptom is a lack of appetite in the morning. Huge. Absolutely huge. When we have a lack of appetite in the morning, particularly now with the new craze of fasting, and I, I think fasting has its place. Please, I'm not slating it. I truly believe that it has a lot of benefit. but like anything else, utilize in the right context. But with the craze of fasting, people's lack of appetite in the morning has been neglected within consideration of potential bacterial burden. Now, the reason why I say this, H. pylori, as I mentioned to you before, has an impact on creating antibodies toward the thyroid, but it also creates inhibition of the release of gastrin, in particular, which is a hormone that actually increases the release of stomach acid which allows us to become hungrier. Now, gastrin is also released in the intake of protein. So when we have a lack of appetite and of drive, and in essence, a lack of the release of another hormone called ghrelin, often this comes about when that same bacteria creates um, feedback dysfunction within the nervous system. It's causing us to not want to eat proteins in particular. So a lack or inability to be able to stomach eating a steak. A lot of people come to me with this. They just can't stomach the thought of having a steak. This is a sign that you more than likely could be contending with some form of bacterial overgrowth, fungal overgrowth, but in certain cases, even H. pylori. And it's very important to ascertain if this is the case because H. pylori is one of the biggest causative factors for a number of autoimmune diseases which could otherwise have been prevented if you had addressed what was going on in your gut in the first place. So that's the one big thing. The other is feeling bloated after eating, you know, and obviously depending upon the quantity which we eat, you know, we need to take, <laughs> take into consideration the satiety levels, which can also be dysregulated because of hormones causing that dysregulation to leptin, uh, which is a hormone that lets us know that we're, we've had enough. Um, but in situations where you're eating a healthy diet, the calories aren't, aren't in excess, 
and you're feeling excessively bloated, particularly you know within the first hour to even hour and a half after having had food, this is a real clear sign that there might be insufficiency to the organs that are responsible to help the gut. And I like, to that point, I like to use a four-letter acronym for people to really consider when it comes to the gut, and it's called DADDU, D-A-D-U, digestion, assimilation, detoxification, and utilization. And it's very important to ascertain within those four points where dysfunction could be coming from. Now, touching going back a second with feeling bloated after having had a meal, digestion is definitely going to be compromised. And when digestion becomes a compromise, your ability to assimilate all the nutrients that you think contain your food dramatically declines. So that's a big, another big, big, big warning sign there. Other factors are actually having weak and brittle nails or thinning and dry hair. Very big issue with the gut, in particular, the activity of the gallbladder and the release of bile and its role in emulsifying and utilizing essential fatty acids. Another big reason to consider if gut health could be a compromise to you is if you get cramps, muscle cramps, or if you're experiencing midday fatigue, as this is an indication of poor mineral absorption and utilization as well. But I think the most prevalent um, point of consideration or symptom of consideration is that of insomnia, which so many people, especially in the business world, are experiencing. If you're not able to fall asleep, or if you're falling asleep and you're waking up throughout the night, there's something going on in your gastrointestinal tract that could be compromising your liver, or your liver could be compromising effects within the gastrointestinal tract. And it's very important to look into how we can eliminate foreign entities, microorganisms that are harboring against your opportunity to be able to live a complete, peaceful, and productive life. Well, I think you just described half of the population with those symptoms, Justin. And it, it's amazing to think that these often people think, oh, well, I bloat. That might be something wrong with my gut. But to not feel hungry in the morning, people say, oh, well, I'm not really a morning person. Oh, I must be sort of something else, else must be going on. I'm not really sleeping well at the moment. Uh, there's all sorts of things going there. Um, so I think you pretty much described half, half the population. You wanted to talk through four concepts around uh, gut health. So what's the first one? The first concept around gut health is actually the impact of fungal overgrowth. Mm -hmm. So everybody, I think a lot of people have heard of candida. For those of you who have not heard of what candida is, it's, it's, it's a fungus that creates a massive amount of dysregulation to how the body uses amino acids, but also how the body regulates other digestive processes like the release of enzymes and the release of hydrochloric acid. Um, candida also has immense capacity to be able to create mitochondrial distress in its way of inhibiting the activity of pyruvate kinase, which is a very big word, but in essence, pyruvate kinase is needed for us to have optimal health of our red blood cells, not just that of actually be able to produce energy through the citric acid cycle. So when it comes to fungal overgrowth, we have to ask ourselves, what is causing the fungal overgrowth? Uh, if you look at literature, they often say, you know, a high intake of refined carbohydrates. Yeah, sure. That can definitely be one of the causative factors. 
But in my practice and experience of dealing with over seven, I think 738 cases today in, in my career as an integrated medicine practitioner, um, 85% of the, the people whom I help are not couch potatoes eating scrupulous amounts of sugar. They're business owners who try to live a, the, a healthy life as best as possible, yet they are expressing candida overgrowth or fungal overgrowth, either in their symptoms or in the lab reports. So we have to ask ourselves, why is this happening? And I believe the reason as to why this happens is because the body creates a fail-safe. When there is an excess of toxins that the body is exposed to, and toxins, as I mentioned to you before, are not just those that you can see, hear, feel, or touch, but also unseen toxins. The body will shift its pH state, in particular, the pH state in the gut, creating opportunity for fungus to flourish and to grow. And what this does, it also increases the, product, the activity of the immune complexes called IDO, indole, amine, 2,3-dioxygenase, and in doing so, increases the activity of another three-letter acronym called TDO, tryptophan, 2,3-dioxygenase. In essence, what these two immune reactions create is a redirect of how we use tryptophan towards pro-inflammatory outcomes throughout our entire physiology, in particular in the brain, because they increase the production of something called quinolinic acid, which causes neurodegeneration. It's also one of the biggest causative factors for the onset of Parkinson's and Alzheimer's in the elderly. So very important to ascertain whether or not this could be you. And if your body is, in, in fact, creating a re reaction to candida by increasing the production of IDO. TDO is not only increased only by IDO, but also stress. Not taking breaks from a computer screen not wearing blue light protecting glasses after a particular uh, point in the day, um, not taking time to get out into nature, drinking too much coffee and not enough water, um, fasting for prolonged periods of time when it's not suited for you to do so. Um, and fasting has its benefits. So please, again, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that one shouldn't fast at all, but it should be case-specific when one does so. In essence, when we express excessive amounts of stress to our lifestyles and to our bodies, we increase the production of TDO. And this increases inflammation in the brain and subsequently also causes dysregulation to the nervous system. A nervous system which is needed to regulate how we digest, how we assimilate, how we detoxify, and how we utilize energy on a cellular level. The other concept which leads into this is the excessive accumulation of oxalates. So oxalates are found in vegetables, and the way reason as to why vegetables produce oxalates, it's almost a fail-safe to prevent overgrazing of animals, consuming too much of them so that they have an opportunity to continue to populate and to reproduce. Otherwise, if, if animals ate everything up, there wouldn't be seeds left in order for, or, or the seeds might be left, but in terms of the other aggressive ecology required in the soil, it may not be viable for continued growth. So nature is very clever and plants produce have oxalates contained within them to stop excessive grazing. Now, when we have fungal overgrowth, we also produce higher amounts of oxalates, which is very interesting. 
So often when one would find high oxalates in, the, in an organic acids test, as an example, you may go on a low oxalate diet, but that may not necessarily be the answer. One of the biggest reasons as to why this could be happening is that the body might be increasing the activity in the production of oxalates to protect itself from one example of heavy metal toxicity. Now, how do heavy metals start to accumulate in the body when minerals, healthy minerals, start to become depleted and deficient? That's one mechanism. How does this happen? With excessive non-native electromagnetic frequencies creating disruption to our cellular bioresonance. In essence, how our cells communicate between themselves. Hence, another reason when you look to health is not simply a question of a pill for an ill. It's a question of looking at all the environmental factors that are actually disrupting your health. So these are one, two, three, four concepts, Candida, TDO, IDO, and oxalates that I like to bring to people's attention. This is the further point with oxalates. Oxalates completely dysregulate how our body is able to absorb minerals, in particular that of calcium and magnesium. And this creates an impact to our entire nervous system to become more sympathetically dominant or inclined to the point of exhaustion, and at which point autoimmune compromise can set in and chronic fatigue syndrome and other forms of myalgias can also take place. One of the also biggest contributing factors to hypothyroidism, in particular in a lot of my female patients, but a lot of male patients too, is actually because of the excessive quantity of oxalates, because oxalate crystals are able to form throughout the body, but in particular, they wreak havoc to the thyroid itself. The reds that the body um, has within it that, you know, you pull one string and it pulls another bit and it's not as simple as, well, I'm low in this, I better take more of that because there are so many, I guess, you know, second order, third order, and so many uh, effects and things that contribute to things that we may not have considered. And certainly, Justin, you're a master of understanding. And I know that you make this your 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 life's work to continually learn and grow and study the intricacies of all of this. Now, for those of you listening, I know you might have gone, wow, that there was so much to digest. I guess take away from this that the gut is super, super important. It has more of an effect on you than you probably realise that some of the symptoms that you thought were just maybe you were working a bit hard and things like that quite likely could be contributed to your gut. But that it's not as simple as sort of Googling the article on the internet and going, oh, okay, I should fast and do this, that that's what the internet's saying, I should do that. Or one of the other myths we were talking about earlier, Justin, was, and we don't need to dive into all of these, but, you know, I've I've heard that lower carb intake's the thing. I need to lower my carbs and I need to do intermittent fasting forevermore. And I, I should probably stop eating animal proteins as well, you know, they're carcinogenic. Those were three that we chatted about earlier, wasn't it, Justin? You sort of see me and I goes, oh, I'm going to do these things and my gut health will be improved and I'll probably just go and take some of those probiotics and I'll be, I'll be fine, won't I? Does it work like that, though? How, how would you recommend to get a healthy gut? And that's not um, a simple question, I know, because I know that you do a lot of lab testing and a lot of and every protocol that you help a client with is unique to them uh, because we are all unique and our situation changes. It's not just even a one-size-fits-all in any moment. It changes all of the time. But for everyone listening out here, what's a couple of things that they could do to get a healthy gut? 
First and foremost, before you can detox, which is often the requirement toward a healthy gut, you need to improve on your stress tolerance. You need to modulate how the nervous system is reacting to stress, which means looking into ways and in how to support what they call the HPA, hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, as well as a subsequent HPT, the hypothalamus pituitary thyroid axis. If you're going to go about a protocol such as fasting, which is amazing, it has so many benefits, you know, promotes activity of cert genes, improves FOXO genes and all that. But if you're going to go about implementing a fasting protocol without modulating the effect of your adrenals feedback mechanism to the brain, you can exacerbate the compromise that this may have on your thyroid activity. And when I mentioned to you guys earlier before, you know, the thyroid doesn't, it's not just important for regulation of you know, breakdown of fats or your burning of fats or circulation, but very important for the brain. So by implementing fasting, a situation where you're not contending with stress, first and foremost, you can make things a lot worse. So you've got to get your autonomic nervous system, hence the reason I call my, my company Autonomic Coaching, your autonomic nervous system, which is the balance between how stressed and how calm you are, in essence, under contention. And this requires not necessarily a diet, not necessarily a supplement. This requires shifting how your lifestyle practice takes effect. What are you doing when you're waking up? Are you going straight on your phone? How much time do you take before jumping behind the computer? How much time do you take before participating in stressful business calls? What time in the evening do you stop working? How much time do you take to spend quality, emotional time and gain the right reciprocity from those that you love? How much time do you take being grateful, writing down the things in your life that you're grateful for? How much time do you take spending and soaking in a nice Epsom salts bath without feeling guilty in doing so? How much time do you take laughing as opposed to frowning? When was the last time you did laugh? When was the last time you smiled? These are questions to ask yourself and to ask yourself, how can I go about improving how I live my life so that I smile a bit more, so that I laugh a bit more, so that I can actually see the blessings and everything that I have around me. That is the first step. Once you've achieved that, then depending upon what you're struggling with, the detoxification protocol can take effect. Remove what shouldn't be there, replenish what has been depleted, and get your body into position where it's optimal. Remove, replenish, and restore. But before you can do the triple R, you got to ask yourself the question, am I living a healthy lifestyle psychologically as well as emotively with those around me? Such powerful questions. And I think the questions that get overlooked, people want to, especially business owners, shift into the doing. So, well, I need gut health. I appreciate that this is important. What should I do? And they want to uh, tick the box and do the thing. And in fact, the, the answer, the first step I've just, uh, you know, learned with you here today, Justin, is in fact, it is not about doing it is doing more. It's about doing less. It is about connecting with yourself, smiling, laughing, and being in the moment. And paradoxically, this will, in fact, strengthen your body and enable you to handle stresses. And this will go further than your gut health.
It will build relationships. You'll handle your teams better. You will solve problems faster and more effectively. And you know, your results in life, relationship, um, fulfillment will all benefit from all of this. So who, who would have thought gut health uh, would all start with lowering stresses? What is just one thing, if there was one thing you would love for people to take away from this episode, if they could do one thing to help um, with their gut, what would that be? Before I give that answer, Miranda, I just want to take a step back. I know what a lot of people are thinking right now that are watching this or whom are going to be watching this. I don't have enough time to think of anything else apart from providing for my family. How am I going to take time to meditate or sit in an Epsom salts bath? And for those people that are having this thought, I just want you to think about all the effort that you put into improving the operations of your business. It wasn't easy. There was a lot of investigations in the markets that you needed to do in order to identify what operation needed to be put into effect in order for your business to be successful. Your life is no different. If you do not change the factors of your life, life will not change in itself. And this is a wonderfully hard and beautiful truth because when you realize this and you actually do take the steps to be more present, and with yourself, everything else improves. And just like you mentioned before, your work performance improves. Your ability to get things done in a shorter period of time improves because the critical drop-off point of performance and human performance is real. And if you don't take that into full respect, you're going to eventually just burn yourself into either an early position of anxiety, depression, or even a heart attack which is unnecessary. Now to that further point, one of the biggest things that people neglect to do, which is the cheapest and the easiest supplement to get into your body to improve the health of your gut, as well as your entire physiology and biochemistry, is getting in optimal intake of water. Make sure to get high quality water, not just any water, but high quality water, dense, heavy water, has a lot of minerals, providing you with the antioxidant support in order for you to handle all the oxidative stresses that this world throws at us on a daily basis. Dense, heavy water with lots of minerals, Justin. That's not out of the tap, right? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, so you can, not. Filter water, find good quality mineral water, not you know, the, the everyday bottled water that's, you know, the, the cheap, easy to get stuff. That said, though, if that's the best you can do and drink more of it and stay hydrated, then start there and then you look, can look at increasing the quality of your water. For those of you that are just simply not drinking enough because you're racing from job to job to job, uh, start with getting water in and then start looking at going, I'm going to now improve the quality of my water. And if you aren't able to get high quality water, a very quick, easy one to that is to add in Celtic salt into your water. You know, half a teaspoon of Celtic salt to half a teaspoon of iodized salt into your water, into a two liter bottle of water. I can really provide you with a lot of minerals that good quality heavy water would otherwise do. So that is a good, cheap, easy solution that anybody can put into effect. And to take away the edge of the salty taste, cut a few lemons in there. You know, which also help the lungs for many a reason. 
and put some mint in there, which also creates bronchodilation and also helps to settle inflammation in the gut. Mm. So adding some mint, adding some lemon with a bit of good quality Celtic salt into your water can make a big difference as to how your body hydrates itself and accesses minerals needed for a whole vast array of biochemical functions, including yeah, gut health. It's one of the one of the things that uh, you taught me a long time ago, and I was drinking water, and I was still feeling thirsty. So, if any of you drink a lot of water and you still feel thirsty, the salt trick is a good one. It changes the structure of the water and makes it better utilized by your body. Uh, makes a big difference. So, thank you so much for that tip. So, Justin, uh, thank you so much for being here on this episode. If anyone would like to find out more, where can they find you? Go to my website which is www.autonomiccoaching.com. And there's two Cs, the autonomic and then coaching. So it not, doesn't fall into one continuum. Or you can go on my Instagram handle, which is autonomic underscore coaching. You can also go on to LinkedIn. We're also there. Um, as well as you can sign up to my newsletter, which we will be providing a link for, in which it's free. And there's a lot of invaluable information that I take a good eight to 10 hours a month to research that it's all backed up by evidence um, toward a particular topic around how not only the gut, but the complete integration or holistic nature of the human body can be um, thought of to be included into strategy to improve the overall experience of life. Uh, the article coming out um, this month is on the thyroid. And by the time we release this podcast, the article that will be coming out there will actually be very much so targeted towards ways in which to improve testosterone um, in relation to holistic, complete health considerations. Such great content. Thank you so much, Justin. We'll pop a link somewhere around this episode so you can sign up to that newsletter. Uh, for those of you uh, listening wherever you are, thank you so much for tuning in. If you've liked this episode, please share it. As I said, if you've got a heartbeat, then this episode is for you. So share it with people that you appreciate, love, and are grateful for. And uh, we will be back next week with another episode as part of Trades Health Month. Thank you so much for joining us and listening. Thank you, Justin. I'm ever so grateful to have your time and air and expertise today. Most welcome. Do you mind if I leave with one last sentiment before we end off? Not at all. Go for it. I just want people to remember one thing. And I was looking up my board a second ago while we were talking just to allow myself to recall the sentiment. I want people to remember this. Food is a biochemical signal transducer, not simply a source of energy. Food for thought. Oh, I love that. If you go down that rabbit hole, we're not going to. Uh, I love that. Also. <laughs> that one again, I'm, I'm, I'm mulling that over in my head myself, so I will go back and listen to that one again. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll leave it there, and uh, we'll catch you all next week. Bye for now.